what's up guys welcome back to another episode of scale riders podcast i am your host 65 lokes and this is episode number 149 with my guest dutch also known on instagram as dog three models i hope you guys enjoy this episode hey buddy hey what's up man how you doing good man yeah nice nice how um how's everything going uh with your uh with your builds uh you know i, I get distracted like just about everything else <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, that's cool, dude. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Um, I mean, I made a list of things because there's a lot of things I want to cover on this episode. And, um, you know, I want to get things started with your current project. Uh, you have one, you're calling it the 72 Long. Tell us about <laughs> that that build. Oh, man. Well, it, I, I like doing trucks. And it's a 72 Chevy truck, but it's actually two kits put together so it's a double cab right and then i took the bed merged the two long beds together and then i had two wedges in those kits so what i do is i i didn't want the wedge because i hate that angle that the wedge comes in you know so i was actually talking to another guy and he, he he's doing one similar to it but he didn't want to do the the whole bed off when I was laying the piece on there, I was like, man, that'd be really nice to make the whole bed come off and then dump like that. So I, I just decided to kind of look at like um, a way to make the hydraulics come out of that bed and have it lay on flat and stuff like that. So it worked out pretty good, but then, you know, I needed interior. So I decided to design the interior for it and that came up pretty good. The uh, I did like Chevy emblems on the door panels, you know, seats, stuff like that. And then... Uh, the whole chassis, the chassis is like 11 inches long. So it, it's huge. It is just a huge undertaking. And every time I turn around, I'm making something new for it. You know, like uh, the uh, fuel cells that I put in the back with the uh, transfer pump. Uh, I got a whole air management system now coming with uh, dual batteries. Uh, it, it's just more like an addiction. It gets kind of like where you just won't stop adding to it, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I was tripping out on it. Um, like even that that back part, or you were talking about the hydraulic part, how it lifts mm -hmm. up and everything. I was like, dude, like you're just you're adding so much to it, but it, it's coming together. It, it's looking really good. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I just wish I could like slow down a little bit with it. Just every time I turn around, like, like the the motor went from an LS. Now I'm debating on using uh, was it the 572 that's out. And then next thing you know, the next file comes out is the 632 file. So, and the 632 is a huge motor. It's it's huge, but I haven't gotten to there yet. So I'm still working on that part of it. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you decide as far as like the, the motors, like when you, uh, like, you know, which one you want to go with? Well, uh, luckily I can, I can print my, I have a file from pretty much, you know, from Coyote Motors all the way to like, like the 632s. Um, and, and what's nice about when you have your own file and you can print it, you, you don't have to, like when you order a file, you have to just kind of or print you, That's the only one you get, you know, um, I can print one and put it together and now I have mock-ups. So like my little stash, my hidey hole over here, I can, um, I have them all kind of assembled. So whenever I'm sitting there figuring out if I'm going to do turbos, whatever, I just sit the different blocks in that chassis and whichever one fits the best. That's the one that goes into that bills. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's a it's a trip because I mean you you do a lot of three D printing. Um, the, the the last uh project you created the seventy one Ford Pro Tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. that was the one you premiered. 
um, at uh, SoCal Open. That was that was pretty sick. And I mean, there was a lot of things going on with that truck right there. Um, scratch building, 3D printing, and then just a lot of modifications. Yeah, that truck actually came out better. That truck came out better than I thought it would. Um, it, and it was mainly, it was supposed to be the 65, not the 72. And what happened was I burnt the paint on the 65. <laughs> so I was like, well, oh, I grabbed the next box, which happened to be the 72, because those chassis, like that whole series from 65 to 72, they're all the same kits, right? Uh, they just changed the shells. The frames, everything underneath them are almost all the same. You know, the you know, four-wheel drive to the two-wheel drive are all interchangeable. So um, once I got started that, I first thing I did on that kit was I opened up the grills. Like, ooh, this is really nice, you know. <laughs> Next thing you know, it, it turned into what it was. Uh, I think my favorite part about that build was how that red, you know, that splash paint red. Uh, that was the first time I used splash paint. Oh, nice! It pops, dude. It uh, it stands out. So when when you were building that one, did you already kind of have a, a visual or like kind of a sketch of what you wanted, or you were just kind of just adding things as you were building it? Well, that one, it, I don't know how you most people build, but with me, I, I build as I go. Uh, I don't really. Some people like to draw a picture of what they're doing. Some people kind of have it. I just start, um, I have an idea of what I want, and then it kind of, like, I don't even know half the time when I'm going to paint the truck until I get almost to the end, because it's, like, the hardest thing for me to do is figure out a color scheme. It's, it's honestly the hardest thing I do. It, designing, painting, everything, picking out a paint color is the hardest thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I know what you mean. I, I have that happen, too. Like, whenever I get excited and I'm like, all right, start, like, opening a kit, prepping it, and doing all this stuff to it. And then um, friends always ask, so what color are you going to paint it? And I'm always like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm going to figure that out as I go. And I always kind of leave it to till the end. Man, it, you have to almost scour the internet for that that kind of build and see what really goes off, you know. And then I blame Splash because after I used Splash the first time, I literally came home and took all this weird paint that I had, right? Oh, gone. <laughs> and then I loaded up on Splash because it's just, it sprays so great, you know. Um, but yeah, I, and then Splash has like, I don't even know how many colors they have, they have you know. Do they have a lot. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to, I'm always trying to get a lot to, not to complete the catalog, but trying to, you know. And I can't even catch up. It's just too much that's in there. All right. So like, um, what I, I don't know if you've tried their 2K uh, primer yet, right? That stuff is amazing. It's like liquid gold on your body. Your body doesn't even have to be that perfect when you spray that stuff out. Mm -hmm. It goes on there and it's got like, it's like self-leveling micro filler and everything. You wet sand that stuff and it's really durable. Their, their 2K primer is super durable. Yeah, it's it's good. And I, I like that a lot of the, uh, what sells me a lot of times is their, the artwork that they put on the color on what they uh, what they're advertising. And then, um, and it helps a lot because you get a visual of the pick of the color on a car. And um, then later on, I'm like, all right, that's the one I want. Once I start spraying it, um, you know, I'm like, man, this stuff, it's almost like you can't go wrong with it. Like, it's very forgiving, all the layers of paint that you spray on it. Oh, um, 
when I found out with it, shooting red, like um, red, any solid kind of bright colors, like orange, red, yellow, stuff like that, you run into the risk of, you know, highs and lows, your paint bleeds through, you tiger striping, you know, stuff like that, um, or that one little hair lays on it and stuff like that. Um, there was a bunch of blemishes in that paint that I was able to go back and actually wet sand touch up and not even tape the thing off and re-hit it with that red. And you can't even tell. Once I hit it with that clear, it just fused everything together. I was just like, man, I'm I'm sold. I'm <laughs> That's sold. Cool. So you were able to like pretty much go back and blend it in. Uh, on a blemish repair? Yeah, the the red. Damn. It, 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 just as long as not, that's why I don't shoot a lot of metallics. You know what I mean? Because mm. I, I can't. I'm not perfect at painting. Uh, I will get the the, the finger touch uh, <laughs> something. You know? Yeah, I I I love their uh, the the two K gloss. They're um, they're clear. Oh, dude, that stuff is dope. Here's why I like that two K gloss. It, it it's so easy to mix. You don't have to like use a mixing ratio cup. It's just drip for drip, pretty much. You, and if you just need just a little bit, you only mix up just a little bit. You're not wasting materials. Yeah, I I remember um, back then I was very hesitant for a time uh, to paint and and just to do anything because I was uh, you know I was gonna have a baby then I was moving around but then again I was worried about having like a quart of like house of color clear just chilling in the garage or like in a closet and <laughs> and like in a in a big bottle of reducer you know I was like yeah. dude like I, I don't want to have toxic materials in the pad or in the garage and watch it be it's all hot over there or something happen you hear the, the paint start like expanding the can stumping in your back room <laughs> yeah dude I, I would be like paranoid about that stuff and i'm just like i know back then i would buy it but it would go a long way because i was constantly using it but all that like kind of slowed down now with the splash paint it, it's it's different it's it's small little bottles store them away i don't have to really worry about it and then you know, when it's time to like clear a car, it's like there's enough in there to use for a car or for just for parts. Well, what is it? It runs like fourteen bucks, right? Um, what's mm -hmm. good about it? I, I don't, I don't know if it's a polyurethane clear, you know, but it's a not a hot clear. Uh, meaning, when you shoot that clear, it it's not like a Tamiya clear. Tamiya clear only likes to me it paints sometimes heck it doesn't even like its own paint sometimes you know um it, when i spray it on stuff it doesn't uh, i don't run the risk of the the egg shelling underneath the, the instant chemical reaction where you know because a lot of what i'm finding out is a lot of companies make their their product where you don't really mix them because they don't want you to mix them so it's like a proprietary blend you know <laughs> yeah uh, they throw a wrench in there <laughs> Yeah, you know, like testers, they they were notorious for doing stuff like that. And Tamiya, I'm I'm sure they do the same thing. And I haven't used a lot of Mister Color clears, but yeah, with splash paint, shoot, you can't go wrong for me. It's the one to go to. Yeah, a, a long time ago, there was this. Um, I had a Mustang model that I was that I had painted with uh, House of Color, like an orange metallic. And around that time was like when I was barely being introduced to House of Color paint. So I had uh, just sprayed the base with that orange metallic and I was just happy the way it looked and, but I didn't have any house of color clear. So I was like, man, I really want to see this, this shine. 
So I had a bottle of uh, Tamiya clear, gloss clear, just like, so I was like, oh, I'm going to use this. So I sprayed that over the House of Color urethane. And then um, I, I did like three coats. I let it dry for like, you know, a couple of days for it to cure. And then finally, when I looked at it, it did, I did like the way it looked. I mean, it was shining in the sun and everything. But once I put that car away, I want to say maybe like, like in another week, I busted it out again and it just looked crazy. Like underneath all that clear was like cracked. Mm -hmm. It just like, it, it, it was like smooth on certain parts. And then some parts it was just like kind of rough and cracked. I was like, dang. Like yeah. some effect, something happened. But, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people, you know, uh, thank goodness for the internet, right? Um, but I talked to a lot of people, and I, I'd say 80%, not even 80, 60% of the people I deal with, they're rattle cameras, you know what I mean? Like they don't they don't have the space for an airbrush. They don't have this, they don't have that. Um, but these guys do amazing paint jobs with rattle cams. Me, I can't rattle cam. Um, like, they always uh, they praise like uh, that testers what is it the uh liquid liquid clear whatever the wet the where it looks wet to the touch and stuff like that yeah you want to see me mess up a paint job give me a rattle game. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, it's it's hard for me like i i can i only use a rattle can either for primer or just to shoot something like flat ba black like the underneath oh. or the interior and that's it you know but um, I don't know. I just, I just like the feeling of using an airbrush and, you know, just being all set up and, and, um, cause I'm always like, well, this is what it's about, right? You know, you, you want to like, it's fun in the beginning rattle canning, but then after a while you see people bust out with some stuff and you're like, man, it looks very professional. It looks nice. And, um, and, it, and it's, it's a task, but once you get it going and, and you learn it, it, it becomes fun. Well, I, I like I like I don't know about yourself, but I have to basically not justify to my wifey, but uh, I, I try to make common sense about it to her when I, I, I buy stuff. Right, an airbrush to me equate well, a, a small to me a rattle can's let's say eight dollars a can. You're not going to use all of that color for that bill, so now you're going to wind up with a jug full of these eight dollar cans. You know, you might as well just buy a hundred fifty dollar airbrush. You know, <laughs> yeah. My math to her sounds good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, it, and it just, it looks dope. Like having the airbrush, like it's all, especially in the beginning, it's all chrome and, and everything. That's and, and I mean, you just got to take care of your tools for sure. But um, it works out, you know, and once you start getting your paints and, and everything and you start using it, you start to notice like, man, these, the bottles are small, but they do go a long way. Right. And I think that's uh, that's one of the things, you know, that people don't really understand is they they look at the small bottle and then they compare that to the size of a can. Well, you got to remember this can, this, this little bottle isn't pressurized, nor is it cut down for an airbrush. It's like a three to one. Like you can literally turn like I like to mix the regular Tamiya acrylic paints with their um, acrylic or their lacquer thinner. The X. Uh, what is that? Lacquer thinner. Yeah, just their, you know, the yellow topped lacquer thinner. Mm -hmm. If you mix their acrylics with that lacquer thinner, that paint shoots like glass. I, I've never sprayed a better paint than mixing the small tomato bottles with their lacquer thinner. So that green semi truck I did, mm -hmm. that's just like, that's tomato light green cut with their lacquer thinner and sprayed out. 
Man, that's crazy. I would um I I wouldn't even have thought of that. I would think that, you know, I would have thought maybe something would happen, but cuz they have the acrylic thinner as well. Right, but um the next time you get a chance to mess around with it like whenever mm-hmm. you know how you are used to me is to like brush paint and stuff like that. It, it, when you use the acrylic stuff, it just goes like garbage. And then when you use it you cut it with a lacquer paper. And you and you it, it dries quick. Don't get me wrong, but when you airbrush that stuff, it takes that acrylic and changes its whole makeup. Like it actually makes it stronger, uh, more durable finish. Man, I'm about to try that. It's like it sounds like a hack right there. Oh, that you hey, came across it, when you mess with it, and then it goes through your airbrush. You're gonna be like, you know what, Dutch? That, that this is all right, man. I, I think I'm gonna call him. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, dude. So like. Looking back, I remember like the first the first time um, I met you in person was at the dedicated magazine show. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it, I was like yeah. I was like, dang. And then, you know, when I was checking out your work, I was like blown away by by a lot of the stuff on your Instagram. And you know, it's one of those things that's that's always on my mind. Like, you know, like anybody, I mean, I'm like, dude, like, when did you get started? Like, when when did this happen? Or have you been doing this like since you were young? You know, what's your history with model building? Shoot, I don't even know it myself. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I I know that my, my dad, right? Uh, two tours of Vietnam, you know, uh, half crazy, you know, dude. But he's the one that actually just got me into models when I was probably, shoot, I can remember being like six, seven years old with like a an old, uh, uh, like a P-40 airplane, right? Now, I don't know if it was a great build or not, but I know I had a lot of fun flying that thing around because I took it everywhere with me. That's how I remember this, you know. Um, and then it just stuck with me. I, I guess I guess most model builders are they're just, in my opinion, they like to work with their hands. You know, they, they might not be able to hack, you know, the Russian satellites to get codes out of it, but they can dang sure work with their hands. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have funny. you guys, you know. Don't ask them to turn on a computer, but boy, they can, you know, they can build amazing things with their hands because they can see it in their heads, you know. Um, I don't know. And then I, I think, uh, I can't remember, you were talking to somebody on another podcast you had, and you're, you're kind of giving your history, you know, like as a kid, you know, going around. Well, I, I grew up in Texas and Louisiana more in the, uh, let's call it the lower income sections. We didn't have a lot of stuff out there. You know, I remember going, I think, uh, probably eight or nine uh i had a huey helicopter and that was the first time i put an electric motor in something i ran the wire i remember i don't remember what i took apart but it was just an on and off switch at the end two double a batteries black cat double a's remember those and uh and i stuck the motor in there and thank goodness for super glue back then because i think it held everything i built together was with super glue i didn't know (laughs) (laughs) uh now and then i almost lost a finger in my uh like around 12 because you know you'd build a kit you put a little bit of glue on it and then you take your your knife up try to take it back apart so you can rebuild it over and over you know and uh yeah taking the engine block one time apart and the knife slipped like almost cut my finger off uh, it wasn't until i got a, a, like maybe what 97 i think is when i really got introduced back into it because i you know i'd done models didn't really paint um i painted because what was it like uh maybe 90 90 ish 
he'd go to the store and it was all about like rails and top fuel and funny cars. Um, and I, and I think geographically wherever you live is kind of the kind of the models they brought in. Cause I just remember like trucks and top fuel. Maybe I only looked at those. I don't know. Uh, so I did a ton of those, but yeah, probably like 97, a buddy of mine took me to a hobby shop when I was in the Marines. And, uh, that's when I, I got my first hopping hydros kit. I don't even know what a hopper was. I just know it came with four motors, some fishing string, and four buttons. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and and I put it together. I don't even remember what car I put it on, but I just remember how today's standard would be. Right, this thing was just four motors you glued. It didn't even tell you how to do it. You just kind of had to glue them into the chassis, you know. <laughs> and then there was fishing string that actually ran to the different wheels, you know, and, and you had to like well, spin it up because, you know, fishing strings that misery. I remember like spinning up and snapping stuff off. It was, yeah, it, it became just more of a, yeah, it has motors in it kind of kid. Man, what uh, a trip. That's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> they came across that right there. I always wonder, like, how, how much money they must have made back in the day when they had produced those. Like I said, I didn't even know what it was. A buddy of mine showed it to me, and it was a little hobby shop, which they're all dying out nowadays, right? Uh, they go to the shops and put your hands on things. Those are a thing of the past. But, you know, moving forward from then, um, once I got out of the Marines, my family starts building. It wasn't until, like, I didn't, I didn't really get back into it again until, like, uh, what was it? Maybe, I want to say 2000. 99 2000 i had that little span where i was trying to figure out where i was going kind of thing um and i came across i was in a, a, a hobby town usa and i happened to come across this dragon model and it was a aav that's one of the the vehicle operated when i was in the range you know it's an amphibious salt tank right it's a floating tank and it looked identical to the one i did i was like all right that's what i'm gonna do and then when i started working on that one i actually that's uh, i ran into um uh, Michael Wittos, you guys wouldn't know him, but he he ran with another guy at the local club down here. He's like, you know what, you should come in, you should come in, and I was like, all right, I'll do it. Never been to a club meeting, didn't even know much about the scene. Um, went down there and started realizing all these military guys and all this other stuff, and that's about the time I met Art, you know. So I got stuck on military for a while, about two years, but then I realized uh, military is great. Military teaches you how to do weathering. If you want to ever learn weathering, go buy a, the cheapest Sherman tank you can get your hands on and learn how to do weathering, right? Um, but those guys take that that era of kit building very seriously that I didn't. That, that's not for me, right? They had too many rules for military. So uh, I kind of went back to my roots of building, you know, cars, Um and that's where I was like, you know what, this is it. This is it. Nobody questions you. You know, what, what year did that paint color come out? And how many battles has that paint color been in? And, you know, do you know that you're running the squadron colors for a fighter plane and not a tank? You know, some kind of stuff like that. So it was just. <laughs> yeah, it sounds intimidating. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Dabbled in the military realm with those guys. Yeah. You know, they're, they're historians. Right, mm -hmm. the military builders are more historians. They can tell you the specs of every plane they built. You know, you have the guys that like. Don't get me wrong, I love building airplanes too, but I don't build them. I build airplanes like I build cars. I build them the way I want them to look. Yes, it kind of looks like the box art. Does it have the right color scheme? And all? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it does not. <laughs> with the car, with the cars, you want to break the rules. Well, you know, like like you know, like I like German airplanes, especially the German fighter planes. I think they just looked mean and tough. You know, like they had this look about it. When they, I don't know if they did it on purpose or what. Uh, you know, between the uh, Mersmister, I don't know how to say that too well, but our P fifty one D Mustang fighter plane. Whew, those are great looking planes. Man, that's pretty cool. So when when you um, when you moved to California, where you uh, you know you met you say you had mentioned you had met Art, and from there was he like one of the uh, the people like homies that you would kick it with mostly, or or did you start to meet from there like more people more model builders in Southern California? To, to be honest with you, you know, like prior to smartphones. And the internet, because you go to, like, what is it? It wasn't, honestly, until about 2009, maybe 10, is when people started coming together electronically. You know what I mean? You had to drive. You had to know somebody. And, and if you lived in a rural area that didn't have somebody else there, you didn't know about it. There wasn't, like, you, I mean, you'd get your fine-scale modeler, right, uh, magazines and stuff. But you didn't realize that you could also attend those, you know, uh, shows and stuff. Because if, if you don't come from that an area where people are into that. Um, most model builders that I deal with, some of them, if it wasn't for the internet, nobody would know about them. Yeah. You know, um, but when I met Art, Art, I don't know, that guy stayed the same ever since I met him. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, uh, it was before he started his shop. Um, I don't even think he, he actually, when I met Art, he borrowed an airbrush from me. He didn't even have one back then. You know, you're definitely about, almost 15 years ago. Um, then he sprayed with it, and I think that's when he got like his brush and stuff like that. So, exit, or he broke his. That's what it was. So, yeah, I, I didn't know it was out there when I started. I had no clue. Um, and then when I started going to the club meets, Art would always tell me, "Yeah, I'm going to go to this show and that show." And I was intimidated, you know. Uh, you know how whenever you you start building, I think a lot of builders go through this. They don't think their stuff's ready to show, you know. Yeah. Um, they're like, "No, no, no." It, it's almost like you. You don't want to show it off because you're not used to showing it off kind of thing. Um, and it, I don't know. It, it was just weird for me to start going to shows and stuff. It, it took a little bit for me to get comfortable bringing it in. Uh, I went to a couple different shows, like the last uh, NNL West I went to. I only brought one blazer with me. You know, and the guys we went with had all just, just like boxes and boxes of built kits they were bringing in. I was like, man, maybe maybe I should go back to the house and get some more, you know. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot in the beginning, uh, how to show. I paid attention to like, you know, the displays. You know, you you, you had almost like your clicks on the tables. You you had your lowrider guys all in the back corner. Oh, we're over here. Yeah. yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think at that show, I, I, the the big the best kid I ran across was this. It was like a, a '65 suburban, right? And the dude had. had that's the first time I'd seen somebody take and put like uh, Bluetooth music in one of them. It was a, this gray on silver, really this is just a, a classic look to the suburban, but you could hear that little sucker bumping on the table. Like you'd look around like, where's that music coming from? You know? And then finally I realized it was coming out of this little gray um, suburban got to talking to the guy and he's like, yeah, it's just Bluetooth. It took a speaker part, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, this is the way to go right here. So that's what kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's really dope. When, um, 
the the last NNL because you know like well this year's got canceled and then the last year's did you go was it that last one before this you know they got canceled did you go to that one yeah it, I went to the one the the last one that I remember them having was the one right before the, the you know the COVID outbreaks okay yeah yeah did you go to the pizza party that they had yeah, yeah. oh you were there okay cool yeah because um yeah that that one was fun I remember that show that was and that was the last time obviously that I went as well. Uh, but yeah, the like the pizza party thing was fun. What'd you think about that? Like, you know, getting together before the main uh, show. You know what? I, I wish it was like a, a, a like a quarterly event. You know what I mean? Not even having the show. I, I think I got to meet more people there than I did when I was actually at the show. You know, um, you know, you had, they had that one little room. You had your, your the table shot set up. You had your hopper guys in there slamming things around. I mean, it was elbow room only in this place, but it was just great. I think the model community is one of the best ones because we don't try to fight each other. You know, uh, we you don't know somebody, you appreciate their work, you made an instant friend. You know, uh, you just go around and, and everyone I've met so far, I, I don't think I've met anyone at any show that's ever like cold shouldered me, if you will, right? Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. No. Uh, what was it? At, at the art show, the um, one he just had? Yeah, the SoCal Open. Well, that was the first time, you know, I got to meet Armando Flores, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, that guy answered every one of my questions. Nice. And I browbeat him to death on clear coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if anybody knows how to shoot clear, I, I would say it would be that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, him and uh, I, I didn't, was it, uh, like, I'm terrible with names. So anybody out there that listens to this, just know that I'm, I, I apologize in advance. Um, the guy that brought in, um, it was like a, maybe a 65 or a 66 Impala, but he'd done it like, it looked like a rainbow colors. Right, mm -hmm. the silver. I think he won best to paint. Oh, it's show. uh, I Ivan, Ivan okay. uh, Padron, I believe is his last name. But yeah, he and uh, on Instagram, it's like little shop of models. Yes, another great dude. He's the one that kind of because I, I I really want to do a lowrider. I don't know nothing about lowriders, but I know I like that paint job, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I started asking him. He's one of you know got me onto the uh, SC years uh, one hundred. From House of Color, the inner coat clears. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. those, those are dope. The inner coats. It, well, you know, when I first got an airbrushing like twenty years ago, uh, was the whole uh, craze was murals with like flames. True flame had just came out, right? Or True Fire, that the guy that invented True Fire with the stencils. Mm -hmm. I was going to be that guy that was going to True Fire his car. Never made it that far because my ADHD kicked in and I, I learned how to do it went to his class and everything and then i moved on right? <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm out of here all right but no. that's when i got introduced to water airbrushes that's when i got introduced to this and that you know and uh i still have my original water i just put new parts in and keep going that's it it's it's like a uh, was it a heartbeat of america chevy truck right there it just won't die i love it death. that's cool yeah um you know going back to what you had said about the hobby you know like um i feel like now especially right now like everybody's showing a lot of love with uh with building and with what people are coming out with and a lot of things are being praised just because everybody's bringing in like their a game and introducing new things and it's just bringing in that excitement you know um like 
I keep saying it like I feel like every post that people do even on Instagram, it uh it does like it's like ripple effects on in, in the water, you know? Like there's always something that, that gets people pumped. And I feel that a lot of it has to do, especially with like 3D printing right now, you know, that's that stuff's getting everybody super excited. Um car models are being enhanced. And I still remember like maybe two years back or three years back, I remember there was a time where there really wasn't any options for wheels um, or like lowrider cars. And at that time, I think um, whoever was coming out with the wheels were, was doing short runs just because there was a lot of work um, that mm-hmm. they had to do casting it and, and everything. And, and I mean, 3D printing, you know, it wasn't as crazy as how it is now. But I still remember back then, even people beefing about wheels. Like, like let's say you printed some and you were selling them. And then I printed the same wheel and I'm selling it. And then another person. And then all of a sudden, it's just like this big old beef. Like, it's almost like, hey, why, why are you selling my wheels? Like, entitlement, you know? Yeah. And I was like, dang, what the, like, what the hell? I, I was never... Uh, collecting any of the wheels or anything like that um like as far as you know because i noticed like man there's like some negativity right there or whatever you know i I didn't want to get involved in that but i like how that kind of just washed away it's just everybody you know either prints for themselves or or people make a business out of it but everybody just kind of respects each other and and does their own uh thing and you know i was look i was looking at um at some of your your photos on Instagram and and I noticed that you were also doing some casting like back then. Um, I, I still do casting. I love oh, casting. I, yeah, I was gonna ask like from going doing casting to now the three D printing. Um, tell me like the benefits. That's a question I have for you. The benefits of casting and versus or or having both. You know, I do both. Right, like if you need any like from. A seven, or what is it? Let's say a sixty-seven, all the way to a, a ninety-eight, if you will. I basically have fenders. I have because when I got into this, you got to remember Facebook. You would go to Facebook, right? But there's too many internet warriors for me. To internet tough guys on Facebook that that you know they would throw those pop shots at you, right? Like you were mentioning, or like, well, you should have done this and you should have done that. Um, when I found Instagram a couple of years ago, I really liked it because everybody on there is supportive. If you don't like it, don't put a heart next to it. It's that simple, you know. <laughs> you know, um, going into all this stuff, uh, when I first got into like heavy casting, I, I'd reached out to a lot of people, right? It was so taboo that nobody would tell you their secret formulas or what they were using. Uh, I reached out to a ton of dudes that were casting wheels and casting this and they won't tell you. They won't tell you to say Secrets. Say yeah. <laughs> the only, you know, uh, the only person that I reached out to that was willing to tell me all this, the dirty secrets was was um, Jeffries. Nice. Yeah. The, bu- the book of secrets. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, no, no, smooth on this and do that. I'm casting faces now. And you're sending me photos of it. I had no clue who the guy was. I just knew that he did, like some pretty cool looking lowrider stuff you know mm-hmm. and uh he's like yeah smooth on do it this way pressure pot it and i was like oh yes okay you know um that you know, trial and error that it is what it really boils down to and that's why when people call me i'll tell them everything why because 
they're going to do something that I'm going to learn from them down the road, right? Um, I'm going to catch a photo. Yeah. A lot of these guys might not be at the caliber some people think they should be, but the concepts there, you know, how they did it is there. You can add to it. Um, then you get into the printing side of it. When I got into printing, that it was like very, very intimidating. I'm not going to lie because if you talk to anybody, oh, you need a computer that does this, this, and this. You have to have a card for this, you know, blah, 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 blah. You have to have that. Yeah. Generators. <laughs> oh, generators, blah, 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 blah. And then you got to know how to export, import, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and you get on YouTube and it's, I, I learned 90% of what I do from YouTube. Somebody on YouTube's done something similar that I've watched it, right? And uh, so I just decided, I made up my mind, right? What am I going to be printing? Am I going to be printing bodies or wheels and motors, right? I decided it was going to be wheels and motors. And that's how I picked my first printer size. And I told myself, I'm not going to get a printer until I learn how to design or even understand how to design, you know? Uh, so I, I set up my computer and uh, I went to Tinkercad. Um, it's a free program. It's an introduction to CAD design and it's free. You can build whatever you want. Um, there's still guys out there. I think there's a dude in Canada. He does all of his designs, full blown semi truck stuff out of Tinkercad. Damn. It's, it's the greatest <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so once I kind of got Tinkercad down, because Tinkercad walks you through that little uh, 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 glue, uh, glue holder I sent you. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for that. that. that <laughs> yeah, that that Tinkercad. Just so you know, you, you got one of my first pieces. That's authenticated. Oh, right nice. <laughs> I was using it earlier too. <laughs> I was gluing some parts. So I was like, oh, this, this thing's handy. I'm not worried about the bottle falling over. Yeah, one of one. The only thing, if I ever make another one, I'm gonna put the bottles at a 45, though. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like a little bit of an angle, you know. But a little that, tilt. That's yeah. <laughs> that's so. cool. But yeah, you get into the design part of it, and, and uh, mainly I had to get into design because I was calling the people that were selling prints, and I'm like, hey, I need a, a, a you know, when you bag a truck or a car, the upper A-arm's got to be shorter than the lower A-arm, just because the way they tuck in, and you, if you don't, the wheels stay way out here, and then you fight the chest, it, it just becomes this huge nightmare on doing suspension work, and uh Half the guys wouldn't change it. Nope, I don't change it. It is what it is. Figure it out kind of people. And then the other people you call, they're like, well, I could do it, but it'd be a hundred bucks, you know, to change the design for you. But you, And I'm like, well, would I own that design? You know, they're like, no, no, no. Or uh, people would come straight out and just say, hey, look, I don't see the profit in it. So I, I really can't help you. Um, and I took mental note of all, not, not those, that certain person, but of how they treated me and decided i wasn't going to be like that you know um, yeah it's like, it's like getting a bunch of doors just shut on you damn but but thank thank all of you people that didn't want to help me because you made me the man i am today right <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> well because they made me learn it on my own they made me pick my style of design my style of building the programs that i use right um and they they made me because you have to like teach yourself. There is no videos out there that are specific to designing models, you know, like most people don't realize this, but when you get a printer now that Colts is so popular, you, I don't know if the last time you've been on Colts to look at files, just files. Like you can pretty much get a file for anything now. Um, but what's nice about it is 
you get your slicing software, right? That That's how you take your file and you get it ready for your printer. Well, they have this thing in there and it's a, a, a scaling ratio. You ever build a kit and you're like, man, I really like that LS engine in there, but if it was just a little bit smaller, it would fit in there so much better, right? You can literally scale that thing down 10% and print it and nobody knows it and it fits right in. So I don't have to fight my builds anymore. It saves me so much time. You don't even know. You don't fight your builds anymore when you start printing for yourself. That's pretty cool. So yeah, because or else, like you said, you'd be fighting the build, modifying the engine bay or everything else inside just to make it fit. Yeah. Um, a good example is, is like, um, you know, when I got heavy into using like resin parts, you know, GPS wheels. Uh, the guy has his system down. I'm not going to lie. He makes the best wheels out there, in my opinion, uh, especially when it comes to, like, the rubber that's on it, right? He, I don't know if he injection molded or what, but dang, he does a great job because all of his wheels come with rubber tires. Um, but they were too wide for me, you know? So I'd have to tub out the whole rear chassis. The whole front end might not fit because, you know, like a stock car wasn't meant for a 12-inch wide or a 10-inch wide front tire, you know, especially when you bag these things out. And I just hated cutting up so many cars just to get the wheels in. Um, then when I got into printing, you could literally, if you have the file, um, you can literally take that really nice rim package that you have and, and, and shrink its width up to like a, an 8-inch width to where it will fit now. Um, you can tuck more tires. You can do a lot of things with this stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's a trip, man. It's it's really a trip. I just I just wish more people like like today I was talking to somebody, and he had a few like he wanted to design this and make that. And, um, and I was try I I try to sell Tinkercad to everyone that talks to me, right? I try to tell them buy a printer now. Just get into it now. You won't regret it. Um, and I explained to him. If you design it in Tinkercad, I'll print it for you for free and send it back to you just to show you, like, getting people's feet wet in this industry because that's where it's going. Like, yeah, it, it's headed that way. It is headed that way really fast. Um, pretty soon, you're going to have people that just, that's all they sell, like like Iceman. You know, that guy, you know, I don't know. I know of Joel, but I don't know him personally. But I'm pretty sure watching him progress, he's got a new shop now he's moving on bigger better things you know yeah uh, now i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if like this year uh maybe let's just say summer or the fall i wouldn't right? be surprised if he makes this announcement like yo guys i just quit my day job this is my this is it right here and, and it's there uh yeah is it? joe's right. willing potters right that's what he does you know um there's a lot of guys out there that can make a living off of this but mm -hmm. it, it's just this hobby I mean, people like yourself, like you know me. You don't 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 ever tell my wife how much I, how many tools I bought from you. But um, <laughs> your your forty five degree nippers, I think I'm on my second set. Love those. They're the sharpest little nippers I own. They look they look crazy, them. right? Like the way it's just like straight, and then it shoots up that forty five degree angle. Hey, if you ever use a set of them, I don't know if you used them too. Yeah, much. Yeah, I have a, a set of them that I've used. I use them. I use them. My Tamiya ones. Sorry, guys. I don't use you anymore. These things are so sharp, and they, and they at that angle is perfect. Now I don't have to try to like hold the screw at a different angle, get up in there. No, no. Yeah, you just so, get in there. Yeah, yeah. It's a great little thing, you know. But back to the like the design stuff. Um, I, I kind of 
figured out how to draw. I was like, all right, yes. And then I got my printer, right? That was, that's honestly the next biggest hurdle, which one to go with when it comes to printers. Um, and I think buying a printer and talking to somebody is like talking to a Chevy guy and asking him why you should buy a Ford, right? Hmm. It just, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, uh, as far as also like when you buy the printer, like let's say you, you finally decide I'm going to buy this one and you start working it. Do you ever think, should I buy like five more of these just so I could work them like, like a workhorse, like crazy like assembly line or, or no? Well, it just, like I said, like in the beginning, once you decide the type of printing you're going to be doing, right? Uh, a lot of people are just um, doing it for their pieces, right? They don't want to print for the masses. They don't want to sell to the masses. They might want to, like a lot of people, uh, clubs will buy a printer together and then it's like the club printer. And then their mm, club. That they that's do, pretty cool. Have, yeah, the, their club kind of puts into it and then. They, they will use one guy that, you know, their most computer savvy guy that's willing to take it on, probably put the largest investment into it. He will kind of be like the go-to guy to print for the club. And that's all they really do. So you don't really hear about them. Um, stuff like that. And I, I wish more people did that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Damn. How cool would that be? Like if uh, like clubs had like an actual, like a clubhouse space and then they had their 3d printer and then tables just to work like like when we do meets all right let's just kick it this day we're gonna work on our stuff or later oh there's a show coming up six months from now you know we gotta what do we need for the you know what what is everyone working on on first or what's everybody need all right cool and then just printing stuff out yeah well it's like uh we haven't been able last year we didn't have any club meetings down here there's temecula valley model club down here that i attend those meetings and um it's I would say eighty percent military, and I think me, Art, and two other guys do cars when we go to it. It's just good to hang out. But um, you learn a lot from those guys. They uh, it's like the the cricket, the circuit cutters. Mm. Those military guys are sliding thin sheets of styrene through there, cutting out all their designs on styrene through their wise cricket cutters, <laughs> <laughs> and it's working out great. Yeah, all their window frames and everything. Instead of those days of you drawing it out and cutting it with a really sharp knife, you know, and then sanding it to get your line straight. No, they just slide it right into the cricket cutter and stack it up and glue it together. Damn, that's cool. So, yeah. so for like three D printing, let's say, um, you know, I, I I get that software you're recommending, and I get a printer. What materials do I need? Like, what what do I need to get next? Well, so. When you select your printer, I just kind of take it back to that real quick. Just, I looked at buying my first printer, like like buying a car. Can I get parts for it, right? What am I comfortable with? You know, you, you buy a Chevy or a Ford, you know you're gonna buy, you're gonna be able to get parts for it. There's so many people already with it. Um, there's either the Elego or the uh, AnyCubic, right? Those are the two main like printer vendors out there. Um, I decided to go with AnyCubic just because when I went to their website, they had replacement parts. They had this. They had a ton of information online, like how to get to it. So that's how I picked that one. And then getting into materials is a whole nother monster, right? As in the last year, I mean, just on Amazon alone, if you last year, if you had looked up um, 3D resin for printing, you would have saw maybe like five or six different products. Now you go in there and it's page after page of different resins you can buy to print with, you know? 
uh, there's ABS, there's this, there's that, there's all this other stuff. I just honestly stick with uh, the AnyCubic original stuff. Now, if you're as you start printing and it's just like everything else, uh, you, you evolve with the printer. And that's what I would tell people. Don't run out and try to buy this huge arsenal and stack up all these different things because so-and-so said so. This guy said do it this way. Just get the original. Start printing. And then if it's just like anything else we do in this hobby, you learn as you progress. You're like, oh, don't do that one. Uh, yep, that didn't work for me, you know? <laughs> Everybody has their own way of doing things, so you will find your own way of printing, you know, kind of Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting. I've had some people ask me, like, hey, you know, when are you going to start selling 3D printed stuff, or have you gotten a printer yet, or something? And I'm like, nah, not yet, but what, what's the appropriate, like, space or place to put this setup? That, that's another one. So some people, they work out of their garage. Me, I'm fortunate enough to have like a, hot, a spare bedroom in the house, right? This, some people, oh, the smell. Oh, the, I, I just cracked the window because I want to, I like to watch that thing. It's either sit in the garage and watch it print or sit in my hot room, build a model and watch it print. You know, uh, it depends on the size printer though. Um, if you go with like the, like my favorite printer is my little guy. It's the uh, Mono SE, right? Uh, prints just every time, straight out of the bag throw it in there it prints great every time uh and it's less configuration like the mono x but it only takes up probably the, the whole box itself is like a, a maybe a 10 by 10 by maybe two foot tall you know it doesn't take up much space it and, and it just all depends on how you do your cure station me i i looked at the numbers i was going to build my own curing station you know and everybody's like oh you live in california you should set that thing out in the sun and you should do this and the deal i got was a, a package deal just get the package deal you know if you're gonna spend that much money on the printer might as well spend the extra hundred bucks and go ahead and get the wash and cure machine you'll, you'll greatly appreciate it because by the time you invest in a uv light all your time invested in building a box a turntable it's pretty much a hundred bucks right there, you know, if you, if you count your time as money. So, uh, but yeah, it doesn't take much room. So, so that component you just mentioned, uh, does that, is that to wash like the pieces you just printed or, or the machine? So that... When you, when you're done printing, you remember you're basically, you're putting this build plate into liquid resin and then it's like star wars laser jet fighters get up underneath it and shoot all these exact precision lasers in uv light at your piece right and then it peels it off and goes back down and that's basically the, the gist of it it just shoots each one of those layer lines it shoots a pattern in that uh, into the resin and burns it onto the build plate real quick and then when you're done it, it's still like dripping wet like with all the resin because it's in and out of it and you have to rinse off the excess resin mm. before you you put it before you can cure it you know you have to get that resin off because if you don't get it off and you expose it to uv then it'll just cure into this blob regardless of how great your print came out right yeah um so the washing cure station like i i have a lot i have two of them actually the first one i bought i i tried it and i was like you know this loading this thing up it's i think washing the the wash station part of it is more for those people that do like huge pieces and figures like if i did car bodies i could see the benefit 
of the uh, wash station, right? Because it's so big and you stick them down in there. And it's it's kind of a trip to watch it because it turns the water, the, the alcohol into like a cyclone down there and it spins it like a wash machine for you, right? Mm. Uh, but when you're doing engine parts and all that, you really don't need to use the, the wash station because you, you basically pick them off your build plates like a handful of stuff. You can, I used uh, in the beginning just Tupperware, you know, washed it out and then I had to clean one and wash it again and then go from there into the cure station. And and after all that's done, like how long would you wait until you start working the pieces? Like let's say if it's an engine, till you start working it for a model. Fifteen minutes. Oh wow, that fast. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought maybe like a day or two or something until no, you no, shoot no. primer. No, no, no. As soon as it comes out of that cure station, because basically the what it, what it really boils down to is if you were to try to put enough UV light in the printer to cure the resin, um, it would overexpose the piece and it would just turn into a blob. So you, you basically expose that resin for like, let's say, 1.5 seconds. That's how it flashes at it for 1.5 seconds, just enough to get the image burnt on there. Um, but you have to put yet the resin still isn't 100% cured. There's a whole bunch of different ways to post curing, all these other curing. However you want to do it, whatever site you go to, by all means, have fun with it. Me, I like to wash it, throw it in the cure station, take it out, and I can go straight to primer as soon as I take it out of the cure station. Nice. That's pretty cool. And as as far as, like, the smells, how you said, like, some people complain about the smells. Have they made a resin that smells good? <laughs> no. I, they, they, they do have some resins that have a less of a uh, chemical smell, right? Okay. The reason that, that that takes me back to why I used went with the Mono SE to begin with. It's got two little fans in there, but it has carbon filters that it pulls the air through when it's pulling out of the vat. Mm. So it kind of scrubs it a little bit. Yeah, you'll get a little hint of it, but it's nothing like some of the other ones I've messed with, you know. Um, and uh, what is it? They do have water washable resins. I haven't. I'm a chemical guy like i like chemical based paints i like chemical based resins uh i just think they they, they they just turn out better in my opinion there's a lot of guys out there doing a lot of amazing things and hey hats off right but this is how i do it <laughs> yeah this is my way do you uh do you do you look at you know like the let's say the future of like 3d printing obviously it's going in the direction you know full model builds i'm sure more and more people are going to be doing that but do you see it being a threat to like the the manufacturers of, of model cars or no? If anything, I see it being a plus. Mm. Kind of like like uh, like where was my last order with you? I just picked up a uh, a, a Honda little little Civic, right? Yeah. Why? Because with printing now, I'm introduced. I'm introducing myself to tuners, right? Those guys that build tuners that that's one category right there. You know how hard it is to get a tuner motor. Oh, super hard. All, all those kits don't even have a mortar. Yeah, they're all curbside. And all these guys that do it, man, they have like, they have all their special places where they get motors or you have to buy like uh, when Ravel releases one of their Mitsubishis, that's the one they want. You know, the uh, the green car. The, 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 what is it? I, don't even, I don't even know much <laughs> just about to, it. Just to jack the motor. Yeah, I'll call Chaz. Chaz, what does this mean? Oh, yeah, just get it over here and get it over there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think the future of it is actually like Hasegawa, uh, uh, Fujimi, all these companies that do curbsides, printing is actually going to enhance their sales because now people can get a motor for that kit. Yeah, 
That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's uh, it's interesting that you bring up bring that up because even even for me, um, there's like some Aoshima kits that um currently working on, and um, it's like, you know, getting, you know, trying trying to have this balance and getting back into modeling. Um, it, it's like in my eyes, I want to see something done in like a productive way and and somewhat fast right now because I just. You know, I'm I'm inspired, but I I just visually I want to see something. I want to be painting. I want to be doing all this stuff. So it kind of since these don't have engines and they're curbsides, it just cuts to the chase, right? Ex- yeah. Exterior body, the the paint job, get the stance going. All right, cool, it's done. And you know, I feel like once I get like a few of these under my belt, I'm like, all right, cool. Now I wanna I wanna do something with an engine and suspension and all that stuff. Right. It, me, uh, I, there's a, uh, I don't know, I think it was Juan for you, right? He had, he was advertising his new shirt, you know, model builders. Then he scratched out and said artist, right? Uh, I'm a model builder, not a model finisher. <laughs> <laughs> it don't stop. My therapy, my therapy is actually opening a new box, cutting that cellophane off, right? And yeah. digging all the bags. That's therapy to me, you know? Uh, Looking at all the pieces, taking mental note, like I might kit bash this for that, this for this, you know, don't touch this kit. It's too nice. You know, uh, like one kit that surprised me was the 67 Impala from AMT. Mm-hmm. Surprised me. The fr- I never knew that that kit was so great until I got one because, you know, AMT and NPC and all these, yeah, you, might yeah. one, you might get a dud, you know, it might have a, a the pin through the engine block. Oh God! And oh, whoever came up with that idea? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the '67 is one of my favorites. I built that was like one of the last models I built in high school. Uh, when I was like, you know, kind of take a break from model building, and I still have that car till this day. And then when I got back into it, um, and I was getting into the the lowriders again, that was another one that like I kind of. Not that it started off with, but I had done others, but that was the one that kind of like uh, made me like, all right, I'm going to push forward with this one. Yeah. Um, you know, you know who helps me decide on kits now is, uh, was it YouTube HPI guy? I don't know if you ever checked him out. No, he, I, don't think, I don't think I have. He builds so many kits and he builds them super fast. Now, uh, he might not build the way certain people thought oh, you should do this. You should do that. Right. But he gets so many kits. So now what I've been doing is I just follow his channel. And, and before I buy a kit now, I'll go check out his channel to see if he has on it. Cause he does a, a kit review with the sprues in it and stuff. So I'll just check out what comes in that box. Even though the box art is great. Doesn't mean it's a great kit, mm-hmm. you know, True. So, unless it's a overseas kit. Like I haven't, I don't know of any kid I've gotten from overseas that, that wasn't decent, you know? Yeah. You, you're just at the mercy of, like, NPC, I don't own hardly any NPCs. Uh, AMT's hit and miss, but they, they've stepped up their game round two. Uh, amazing job what they've done with all the old kids bringing them back, you know? Uh, but, yeah, my, my go-to company is Ravel every time if it's made by Ravel, especially the, the limited edition or special edition stuff on the box mm-hmm. you know you're getting a good kit just go ahead and grab it two and yeah, ones <laughs> two what, and one yeah what yeah. about uh Mo- mobius well so uh mobius 
love their forge right and i know like i saw that you got some pre-orders out right now um if you've never built a mobius kit you need to get one that's all i can tell people right um you basically take the cabin body out of the box wash it and you're ready to go to paint that's how clean these these kits are detail amazing right um undercarriage chassis motors i mean if you're a guy that's used to a certain type of motor yeah their motors could use a little bit more detail in my opinion but for what you're getting in that box at that price it's you would think it was designed and it's coming from uh tamia right yeah but that's how, in my opinion it's like the american version of tamia coming over here you know uh but yeah they're great kits i love them i can't wait for the novas to come out the two novas yeah those are nice well because usually what i've you know as you progress in this industry you start realizing that when a company um has a kit they don't change all the pieces to that kit they just modify the original kit to include let's say a wagon or to include this but it's all still the foundations are all the same so with the round two bringing back the uh the nova wagon right i already know that that i'm about to have a pro street wagon uh, <laughs> 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 you know what i mean yeah because, yeah <laughs> uh, uh they just do such great stuff and then the wagons are out so it's kind of like it's almost like these guys work together like hey if you bring out this i'll bring out that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> now, I, I really like those because from my first mobius kit was uh one of the hudson hornets and, oh, it, was, yeah. and it was one of the one of like the the race car uh versions and when i got that one and i opened it i was blown away by the detail and then after that uh that's like when the fords were like starting to come out and i was like just collecting those left and right i was like i gotta get these oh the uh, uh, Mobius Catalinas. Oh, yeah. Those are dope. They're, they're Hudson's, they're Catalinas, uh, all of their cars. You know, I, I own the kits, but I'm not really a big car builder. You know, I'd rather build a truck. Um, then that 72. I mean, that 72, when that one came out, that was it. I probably got like six or seven of them, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it's a short bit. And the box art, you know, black and white. And, and it's just done up. You know, it just draws your eye to it but now that they're going to come out with the, i think it's a 67 and a 68 right now all those grills are interchangeable wow that's, yeah that's gonna be interesting well because what is his name uh his name is gerald he's uh dent side um model cars he does a lot of basically only ford trucks um very great builder he just did a blue ford um uh, open doors exposed everything you know uh, I didn't know what a dent side was until I, I met Gerald. And basically, you know, the, the body line that pops out on them, mm -hmm. that's called a dent to them. Like, I guess that's what I mean, dent side, right? And then you have a bump side, which is like your your the later models where the, they, they took out the, the bump and brought it in and recessed the, like the Broncos and stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I got You got to send me some photos. I want to see. Yeah, it, uh, but yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy, and that's why I think I can't finish anything. Because about the time I finish something, you'll send out a blast of new arrivals, right? Or get close <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah, new stuff. It's here, right? right? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was um, I was telling my friend like 
you know, I'm I'm trying to um, you know, like trying to get something in like almost every week now because I don't know, I just I just I follow other stores like I get inspired by other stores too on that are online and I see they do like Gundam drops and all these other drops like every week and I'm like, "Dang, like it gets me excited seeing that." You know? Yeah. And I'm I'm like, "You know what? Um I know I can't just be ordering like crazy uh like doing these huge fat orders every week. I can't. I you know, I could only get what I can each week, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just have fun with it and do it this way for now. See, you know, um, I re- I remember one time where I didn't I didn't purchase anything for like a couple weeks. Oh, and I was kind of bored. I was like, man, like there's no excitement, you know? It's uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of like it. It's it's exciting, like knowing like new products coming in. It was like when you first started. I remember like. Um... I think you had started off with a little bit of like, yeah, like you had two pages, right? Yeah. Uh, but dude, the stuff you brought in to like kickstart it was like just amazing stuff. Uh, the chopper, that aluminum chopper. What I don't even know what the company brand is. Um, R, uh, RP tools. Yeah, yeah, the RP tools. Uh huh. That thing has saved my life more times, but that blade is so sharp. <laughs> don't don't accidentally bump it trying to rake your piece out. You will cut your finger on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, but no, I, you know, I don't have a store, and I, and I couldn't speak to owning one, or because I think too many people are so biased and not have the vision of making sure they meet the needs of everyone. Right? You can't have everything, or it's all or nothing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, some people are going to want this, some people are going to want that. You know. Earlier when you were talking about like maybe selling resin, you have your niche, right? You've got your direct connect to, to overseas. You're bringing in the tools that right? I'm, I'm guilty of it. You, you bring in the tools I want, you know, not what everybody else wants. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I've just learned that those are great tools. Um, as far as selling resin goes, you'd have to find a trusted printer, like somebody that's going to put out the quality you expect every single time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time you, you stock it in your store, right. Somebody's already got the file. Somebody else is printing it. Or you're <laughs> going to, why would I buy it from you? And I can get it from him for cheaper. Well, cause of the quality. Well, you know, how do you know your quality? You know, stuff like that. It, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I'm just letting you know it. No, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, because it's like another world, you know, um, I know I, some people have asked me for like 3D printing stuff, and I'm like, man, I don't know, like, I feel like, one, like, I don't know, if I'm doing it, and everything, and I feel comfortable, maybe, but for right now, like, nah, I'm enjoying everybody doing their thing, you know, and um, checking that out, for me, I'm just, you know, I, I'm enjoying um, getting in, you know, the tools and the kits, but right now that I've been building, I've been um, like, like the the tools that I'm selling, like I'm using them too, you know. Yep. And I'm starting to see more and more, like as I go, like all right, like this is like for sure to go to right here, like even more now, because oh. let's just say for example, like I would bring in a scriber, right? And then I, I got I got a little out of hand. I started bringing in too many different brands of scribers. <laughs> That it got confusing, you know, and uh, it got to the point where, um, like, let's say I had like three different ones and all three are good, but then, you know, two would sell out and then I'm left with one like brand 
the odd size one chisel. Yeah, it's like different size or it, it's like more expensive compared to the others. And and it's it would be kind of hard like to, you know, like I'm not going to pressure someone, oh, get, get the odd size one, you know, just because it's the last one left in the store. So I'm nar narrowing it down pretty much. Like I'm going like, all right, like these are cool and I see the benefits of each, but I'm noticing now this this is this one right here i like this one a lot um like i've been using the the panel scriber from tamiya right that's and, a hook scriber. and yeah. it's a hook scriber and i'm using the the 0 0.1 millimeter and also the 0 0.2 millimeter but yeah. but more the one and i'm like dang like like this is cool like i used it like yesterday um, I, you know, just say, yeah, I, I needed a, 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 like a therapy session. So I opened up another kit yeah. and, and I busted out, a one of the Aoshima GTRs. I've never built the GTR. I have the little die casts and all that stuff, but I never, ever built a model car GTR. So I, <laughs> so I was pumped. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I, I just, you know, the basics, sanding it down. All right. I'm going to panel scrap it. And as soon as I started using that one, I was like, dude, this hands down. I love it. I love the hook. And I'm not all worried that I'm gonna go off the line and like scratch the body. Um, it it can happen, but I just like you know going slow. Yeah. And um, and there 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 was other scribers that I was using that don't have the hook. You know, it's it's just like a like a those are chisels flat flat chisel. Yeah. And I mean those those did the job too, but I felt. Um, like it felt, it started to feel a little more risky as I was going. And, um, once I started using this hook one, I was like, all right, this one's, this one's like super dope. I'm going to, I'm going to keep restocking this one like crazy. So there's a, the Tamiya, I don't know if you've gotten it yet. Tamiya makes a two millimeter wide chisel. Is it the flat, the flat wide? Yeah. Yes. I have that one. Okay. That one I use. Every time I do anything, I've got my, I've, I've probably burnt through four of these things using it so much because it's the only chisel that the bottom of it is actually curved a little bit. So it'll kind of like roll and gouge. So it's perfect for getting in that little corner. Like in the past, you try to take your hobby knife and reach in there and cut the corner a little bit nicer or something like that. This little chisel goes everywhere. Um, I own two of them just because I use it so much that uh, I was like one of those old pocket protectors I want to get for it. Just stick it right there, you know, yeah. care with me. Uh, but on chisels and scribers, you know, because I own both, um, and I learned how to use them because I like to keep all my drip rails. Uh, I don't shave them off. I, I learned how to use them. Um, the chisel is actually meant more for like standing it up and back scribing. After you've used your panel line scriber, you get your line scribed, then you use a chisel. You don't use either or. You They work together. Um, so let's say you wanted to cut a groove, a new channel in the car. Well, you'd lay your tape. You'd scribe it with your scriber or an X-Acto knife. Then you use the chisel. And then that line was, is like how you break it off, right? Um, stuff like that. That it, You have to use them together. Um maybe i just like having the tools i don't know but no that's, that's pretty cool i i could see that yeah because i mean the hook one i know for sure like if you keep using the hook over and over you're in a, just cutting basically the door open and well, and with the, the chisel the i mean you can but then it also gives you like a nice like like a flat 
texture, like a little, like, right. like, the, like, different a, yeah, different, you yep. it, know, it's, um, um, so I've been using the Tamiya scribers for a while. And the reason I got into that, I don't remember what video I watched, but the guy was explaining like, listen, when you use an exacto knife to clean your door jams, yeah, you could do that, but it cuts a V groove in like, because the tip is at a V because it's sharp, you know? And what that does is when you try to paint it, it might flood up the, the, the panel line that you just put in because it's a V group. When you use a, a, the, the hook scribers, you're actually cutting a notch in the bottom of that for the paint to roll into so that when you paint over it, it gives it a nice roll that gives it more of a door jammy look, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, but that that's what I found is different. Again, there's model builders out there that have been building for years with just a, a hobby knife and, uh, you know, dipping them in lacquer and brake fluid and have come out with a main <laughs> product. So yeah. that's not me. Just so you know, I like the tools, so I will keep buying the tools and trying them out. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, uh, that's how it was with me. You know, I, like, I still remember back then using that testers, uh, hobby knife, the, bl yeah, the yeah. black one and, you know, whatever, Maybe. whatever, whatever, testers even even that glue <laughs> it's oh, dude, I, that red I one that, that i open up every now and then just to reminisce on that uh citrus smell dude i've been I, i've been thinking about that <laughs> like i remember like i still see those and i'm like man should i just buy one just so it could take me back in time just for that smell i'm gonna blow your mind but i actually know guys that still prefer to use that glue yeah dang that's like, cool I'm, yeah, hey, you know what? I might, I might go back and try it. Oh man, I don't know if I could take it. Like the, you know, how you squeeze it a little too hard and you set it down because you're holding the piece and you're watching it just ooze out of the tube. Oh but yeah. You can't let go of your piece. You're like, yeah, man, just, man, I get another one. <laughs> <laughs> Spider webs all over the place from that shit, just going everywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. That that I I remember always buying that that glue and then only one time i bought one of the other bottles the uh for the putty oh that it's like a gray like a gray well, bottle well, just came out with different types of putties and i think it was just really like an old wood filler or something you know and you'd smear it on there but they've advanced it's so crazy <laughs> yeah Do, doesn't uh hobby lobby sell those those glues the testers yeah 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 they still they do. do right and the little the dirty little tips that go on them you know um but ever since I got introduced to Tamiya glue, uh, most people don't even realize how great that stuff is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I I won't even go back to it. Yeah, the um, right, right now I'm, I'm using um, the the Tamiya glue, especially well the the thin the thin one. Bright um, uh, green or dark green? Lynn? The the dark green bottle. Okay. So, uh, but I do have the other one, the light green, which is like yep. yeah. So I have both, but I'm using the one with the dark green. And then I also use the Bob Smith Industries CA glue. Um, so it just it kind of depends what's going on. So, for example, like the GTR, I needed to glue on the uh, the fenders onto the to the body to make it a white body. And I mean, I layered tape to to position the uh, the fenders. But I noticed, you know, like this plastic from Aoshima, um, it's it's somewhat. Uh, not too thin but it's it's easy to work with especially when you're sanding uh your sanding sticks will will like if there's any flash you know whether well, there's very minimal 
or anything like your, your sending six will, will run through it, you know? So, um, putting in the fenders, I didn't want to put so much glue. I didn't want to put like a thick chunk of glue, like CA glue on there. Yep. So then I just, you know, taped it up, holding it, you know, with my, the, with my hand. And then with the other one, I just started to just with a thin, just br brush it in the edges and then it just, it, it dried. And then, you know, when you squeeze it a little, it, oh. it, uh, like just, it's like it, it like welds it pretty much together. Took off the tape and I'm like, cool, it's set. So, uh, I, I use, I, I'm, 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 again, I love buying new products. I mean, a new product's only going to cost you, let's say, five to seven bucks, right? It doesn't, I like experimenting, mixing things up. Like, uh, I learned from the, um, the military guys to take Tamiya green, right? And, cut up a bunch of the not styrene but well, let's say you're working on a, a Yoshima kit you take that the the flashing or the sprue from it you cut it up and let it molt in there and that's where you get your paste from like your body filler paste because plastic to plastic the the tomato will melt it down and make like this putty if you leave it long enough in a sealed jar mm -hmm. and that's what they'll use they'll take that putty out of there dip it in and that's how they fix their pieces without having to do bondo and everything else you know mm. uh, or they'll take uh, the Tamiya thin and then the Tamiya really, the orange top really thick and they'll mix those two 50, 50 and it gives you this medium viscosity style, like glue um, that you can work with. And it's not really thick, you know, it just mix all kinds of things together. But uh, the, the thing that's really been helping me lately is, uh, you know, that stuff you can get at any store and it's like this bubble gum, sticky stuff made for like, uh, putting posters and stuff up on the wall. Um, I, I it's kind of like a tacky, tacky. Yeah, I, I think I've I've seen something like that by Mister Hobby, and it I've seen like a it, it almost looks like a like taffy or something like in the wrapper, yeah. and then and it shows like the pictures like yeah like uh, people rip little pieces they put it like on a stick and then they put their piece on there when they're gonna like airbrush it or something just to hold yep. parts or whatever i use it to to uh like you were saying where you tape the fender on this stuff i get the brand it's made by loctite it's probably my favorite one um it stays super sticky it's blue so if you ever see a photo of mine you see some blue stuff smeared out the side of it that's that loctite holding my pieces together um, I picked that trick up when I was pre-assembling my only motor, right? Because I hate uh, painting the motor and then trying to work around paint jobs, right? Uh, so I would take that blue tack stuff, stick the motor together with blue tack, and then I could not have to take apart the glue. But fenders, lineups, anything I'm doing, I'll blue tack it on there real quick and look at it. Yeah, that looks good. Uh, and then back to your where you're melting and fusing. But to me, a dark green is my go-to for that one. That stuff, I don't know what it's made out of. But a little trick I learned from the, the Gundam guys is after scribing, they'll take that green stuff and then rub that Tamiya right through their scribe lines to soften them up. And get it, it, it. The next time you're scribing, just take your Tamiya dark green lid and just follow, trace the lines with it. And it softens all the edges. You don't have to sand them or nothing because it gives it a little bit of a melt and washes it all out for you. Mm, I've never done that. Yeah, I've never seen that. That's cool. The um, so so the other one, let's say, uh, yeah, you how you said you have the little jar, you pour uh, some small 
pieces of styrene in there. Uh-huh. And then you pour in some of that glue in there. And yeah. then you start to mix it up. Like Oh, no, you just let it sit. Mm. Let it sit. It'll it'll literally that to me glue will will eat away at that uh, the sprue. Uh, me, I'll make up a new batch every time because I found that like you were mentioning earlier, the difference in a, a Ravel kit to an Ingushima kit, right? They are different plastics, it's different polymers that they use in that injector mold company versus this one over here. Um, and I like to try to keep consistency, just like with paint, you know. That brand with this brand, this brand with that brand, just because you run the risk. It's just easier to work. You don't have to worry about it, like rejecting each other. Um, and plus, I like to go and buy stuff. So, uh, you know, like, it's like $4 for a thing of Tamiya glue. Yeah, I mixed up another batch today, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just cut, take the, the, the sprues and you just cut them into like little like eighth inch pieces and just fill up the bottom of, let's say, an old Tamiya paint jar. And then you uh, put about 50, you fill it up halfway with Tamiya glue and let it sit. Um, by the next day, it'll literally have just made this like liquid paste. And then you take that and, and you can, if you want it thicker, you add more styrene to it. If you want it thinner, you add more glue to it. And then you just stick that and stack it up in the lines, let it sit and cure. And you've literally, because once that stuff gasses back out, it'll dry back into plastic. Yeah, that's dope. When you uh, once it's ready to go, do you use like a like a toothpick or do you use a hobby knife or a brush to brush it on? Well, that's why I keep all my old Tamiya glue bottles, right? Uh, I just use what comes in the glue bottle. Nice. Yeah, because like Tamiya, Tamiya, like they make some of the my favorite reusable uh, paint jars. You know, uh, there's a ton of brand out there, uh, but I just happen to have more Tamiya jars than I have of anything else, you know. Um, and I save them, even their glue jars. The their now their decal, the, the what is it that Mark Fit? Mm-hmm. The, that? Ye- the yellow one, yeah. What I uh, what I learned was is that stuff. Each was it Scale Motorsports' decal set, their carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. You got to read the instructions, people. Um, they recommend their their, their decal solution because they even tell you why in their instructions. Like, we print different. Your your decal setting solution may burn this if you don't use this because we print X. You know, they, they're very <laughs> clear in the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> I used decal magic, you know, just because I paid, was it like $12 a sheet for that stuff? And I wasn't about to burn up another sheet, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, don't, don't be complaining. We told you. <laughs> right? Man. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. And um, before we wrap up this episode, um, is there any any shout-outs you want to give out? Oh, you know, I, I wish I could name all the people, you know. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. I'm gonna. I, I, there's a lot of people that have helped me uh, more some than others. Uh, like uh, Aztec Designs, Ramon. Uh, great dude. Uh, he's the one that helped me with all my computer stuff, learning the files. Uh, he's the one that's doing a, a ton of the, uh, you still there? Yeah, I'm right. Uh, uh, my phone made a weird noise. So he's the one that's doing all of the, uh, like the scanning and stuff, working on the Gypsy Rose with Armando Flores. Uh, you've got, uh, was it JD, the guy's garage? super great dude over there gives all his files up for free uh and then you know the guys that normally hang out with street mafia guys 
those great dudes. That, that, that's all I can really say. Uh, get in a chat. If you don't know the guys, jump in a chat, learn something, talk to people. Uh, there's a ton of information out there. Just just jump in. That's how I met all of them. And they're introducing me to uh, Big Wheels and Donks. I had no clue like how the East Coast builds that stuff. It's a whole nother world, man. Whole nother world. With these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's just like so much out there. Yeah, yeah. The Big Wheels scene, uh, Donks, all that stuff. They're more into interior speakers and big motors. These guys love big motors and big wheels. So I was like, ah, I, 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 we can meet halfway, I think, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. Hey, well, um, it was awesome talking to you, yeah. um, having you on the episode. This is episode number one forty nine. Um, if you guys want to check out uh, Dutch's work, he he's on Instagram. Uh, make sure you check him out. Do a search. Uh, it's Dog Three Models. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you check him up on there as well. And uh, you know, when we do our our post, uh, we will tag him as well, and it will also be on the show notes. So you guys could check that out, and uh, I hope I get to see you at a at a future event. What was it? The Grand National Road Shows this weekend, I think. Yeah, that's this weekend, and then next month um, there's going to be a Model Fest in Ventura at the Ventura Fairgrounds. Also, there's that one. I'll make that one, and then um, art shows. And then art, yeah, Art Lasky has already done the announcement uh, for the SoCal Open. That'll be in May. So you know we'll. As we get closer uh, to that day, we'll be doing, you know, more promoting on that as well. But we have posted the flyers, so that's out there. Um, yeah. It's floating yeah. around, so just just before, be aware of that. Before we go, though, the only thing I'd yep. ask of you, you've done so much this meeting. Thank you so much, by the way. Um, there's not really a centralized place for people to go anymore. Like once fine scale modeler fell off the face, you know, or not really fell off, but they kind of sold out or I know what, how the industry goes. Um, and that's more military and every now and then you get a car in there and stuff. I think, you know, model car magazines picked up their game. Um, but there's really not a place for, for reviews. Like, uh, like your site has so much on it, but I, I would, I, I will leave a review if you put a space on there, you know what I mean? Like a how to, or a little, like what this part did for me or something, a picture of it, you know, if yeah. it's ever possible. No, yeah, I think it will be. There, There's a lot of, um, I've been looking into some add-on stuff that I want to do for the website um, right. to switch it up um, and, and enhance it as I go. But there is, there, there is. I just have to, it's like, so. there's just so many companies uh, that do it and you just have to pick, you know, the, the one, I guess, that, that works Not well with the site. Uh, that's a whole nother episode we could do on yeah. <laughs> no yeah definitely <laughs> awesome thanks dude well, it, was a, it was a pleasure talking to you and Me i hope too, to see you in the future you. and uh continue building and have fun with it all right man appreciate it yeah all right man have a good night you too thank bye. you bye